0: What the fuck is up, you posse of pragmatic postulating poltergeists? Yeah, that's right. It's spooky month. Hallowed be thy... Ween. <laughs> Welcome to episode 8 of Total Pod Mode. My name is James, also known as Mr. Bames, and I'm joined by the Mighty Will, also known as Huda Funk.
1: What's up, James? Glad to see you coming in hot this week, getting super into the Halloween spirit. How's things going, buddy?
0: Oh, man, I'm pretty hyped. I've
1: been listening to some early
0: 2000s metal to get myself in the mood.
1: Nice, nice. Nice yeah. little bit of speed metal to kind of kick things into gear.
0: Yeah, a little bit of Dragon Force. Nice. Bit of System of a Down. <laughs> good times man reliving my youth
1: awesome man i've been looking forward to this episode throughout october we're doing our little halloween specials and yeah. Um, spooky. Yeah, spooky gold. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so it's uh it's something new i um hope people enjoy this episode looking forward to seeing how we get on
0: yeah and if you don't enjoy it tough shit.
1: yeah it's coming out you can't stop us <laughs>
0: exactly it's Halloween, baby,
1: baby, Halloween time, Freddy Krueger. Motherfucker, hell yeah, Freddy or Jason? Oh, 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 great question. Um, <laughs> you know what?
0: I think I'm going Freddy. I think I'm going Freddy. really because I'm a Jason boy.
1: It's a kind of a tough one because I mean, uh, you know, it's a tough shout supporting a pedophile. I think that's kind of like yeah. Freddy's thing isn't it he goes after the kids sort of thing i think he was a pedophile that the parents burned alive because he was catching kids and abusing them or whatever like that and yeah. then he becomes this nightmarish creature that stalks kids in their nightmares what did you think of Freddy versus jason movie how, how did you feel about the outcome
0: if i'm being honest with you mate i can't remember the end of it because i yeah. haven't seen it in so far <laughs> long but what i do remember is that this the outro song is um uh, an El Nino song, and I fucking love El Nino, so I was just like, hell yeah, banging.
1: Yeah, they had some real good music in that movie. Yeah, I think um, that rivalry between them 2 it kind of, it seems like the sort of movie that is going to be awful, but it's just so good. I don't know whether it's because it's bad, so bad that it's good, or whether it's because it just genuinely is a good movie.
0: I think, it, from memory, I, man, we're going to have to watch it again at some point. But, yeah, yeah, we but, should. But um, I think that it was one of them movies that's so bad it's good.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I can see that. I can definitely see that. I don't know whether nostalgia is clogging my vision. I think I probably saw that when I was around, I want to say, 13, 14 sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Came at just
1: the right time at the peak of my like fascination with horror movies and things like that. Yeah.
0: I think I was probably about the same age, to be fair
1: nice nice yeah that was definitely a trip down blockbusters
0: anyway before we get too far down this rabbit hole we should probably do the old socials you can as always find this podcast on spotify apple podcasts wherever you find podcasts really because we live everywhere just search for total pod mode and you're sure to stumble upon us we also post regular video content of our playthroughs stream highlights as well as the podcast on our youtube channel total pod mode
1: and you can also find us on Twitter by searching for at Total Pod Mode all one word. And
0: you can find me on Twitter at MrBames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash MrBames underscore TPM.
1: And you can find me at Hoodafunk on Twitter, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash hoodafunk.
0: And with that, catch-up time! Catch-up
1: time! Let's hit it! So, Will, talk to me. What have you been playing? So I'll start with a little bit of chat about Elden Ring because that was something that I felt sort of as a bit of a token gesture I should probably actually get uh, get on with that.
0: Have you finished it yet?
1: <laughs> I still <laughs> have not finished Elden Ring unfortunately. <laughs> Um, You know, uh, as I say, this session was a bit of a token gesture just to say, hey, I haven't forgotten about it. This is something that I need to crack on with. I think you said earlier you were threatening to actually make this a challenge at some point for me, which is probably the motivation (laughs) I need at this point to actually complete it.
0: It's the challenge outside the challenge. Your challenge is to finish it by the end of the year, but it's not a challenge that counts towards the score. That's just me giving you the challenge to do.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, this is a personal challenge for myself at this point as well. Yeah. Uh, it's it's Frankly, it's a little embarrassing that I've taken this long to complete it. I just keep yeah. on getting distracted with other games, you know? You pick up yeah. something, or you want to play with friends, and then you don't necessarily have the time to...
0: Well, I don't have any friends, man. <laughs> I don't get this.
1: Uh, so one of the bosses that I fought today was Astel, Stars of Darkness. Uh, it's a sort of large dragonfly-shaped thing with a very big skull head that has kind of pincers on either side of it as well it doesn't really fly around very much but it does have an exceedingly long tail that it sort of uses as a whip unfortunately unlike monster hunter you can't cut it off can you
0: Oh, I wish, mate. That I don't awesome. think there's
1: any cuttable tails in Elden Ring, is there?
0: Uh, I'm not sure. There are in Dark Souls, so it's not outside the realm of possibility. Dark Souls, yeah,
1: I, I just think that there isn't. They, there's something they neglected in Elden Ring.
0: I can't remember cutting any tails off, but yeah. I don't. I'm not adamant enough to say it's definitely not in there.
1: Well, I am. I fucking am 100%, oh. baby. No tail chops. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that told me. <laughs>
1: Uh, So it was a pretty decent boss fight. Uh, It took me a handful of goes to get I did eventually end up calling in my mimic to give me a give me a little bit of a hand. So we ended up beating him without too much trouble. Um, I did give him an honest few goes without calling it in just because I like to sort of see their full moveset and you know, actually see if it is viable to do solo. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, it was viable to do solo. It's just, at this point, I'm kind of like, okay, let's just get through this goddamn game, you know. (laughs) I will play it and properly do it solo, you know, at at some point. But not this time around. I think that I just need to actually get through. I need to see the end of this thing. The storyline in my head is completely all over the place. I'm, you know, I barely recognize some of the characters that I'm bumping into at this point. It's been so long since I started (laughs) playing it. So Astel, uh, we'd be in pretty short order. Not too difficult at all. Just a fun, large, classic boss fight. You avoid the hyper beams that he shoots out of his mouth. Attack the head seems to be the weak point. Yeah. He also has a lot of sort of astral summons and things like that. Things that yeah. he pulls in and smashes down into the ground. Lots of AOE's and things to dodge and duck around.
0: Doesn't he have a lot of gravity attacks as well? Like, you know, those purple orbs. Similar to Radan.
1: Yeah, similar to Radan. and also there was a bit where I actually just got completely suspended up into the air and then smashed into the ground, and it only happened the once, but I wasn't expecting it. I was completely confused as to what was yeah. actually going on. I was just in the middle of the air all of a sudden.
0: Is my game glitching out? What the f***?
1: That's what it looked like. That's, yeah, 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 I kind of assumed it was something like that. So Estelle was one of two bosses that I fought today uh the second was actually i think the the second form of moog that i've encountered now i think this is the second and final form
0: we were in the blood palace
1: i was in the blood palace yeah Yeah, i um, was the second form yeah i was exploring the consecrated snowfields and i found a little portal that was just around a corner tucked away and it teleported me to that underground area which i had actually yet to go to how did you find the moog fight Yeah, the Moog fight was an interesting one. When I was actually fighting him, he has a lot of kind of persisting attacks that he does. He kind of strikes the floor with flames and blood. Uh, He is meant to be like the kind of the Lord of Blood, right? Something like that. But, I mean, that's a lot of fire going on in that blood that he's flicking everywhere.
0: Yeah, man. Those, and in his phase two, his blood attacks can be brutal because it drains your health as well.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And he also seems to recover health just before that phase. It seems like during the fight, he keeps on doing a move that curses you, but yeah. it seems to be unavoidable to my understanding. I'm not sure if there's a way to counter it. And to be fair, I do have an item called Moog Shackle that I didn't bust yeah. out during the fight. Maybe that counters the thing, but... I think he curses you up to three or four times and then enters his second phase where each of those times he sucks a bunch of health out of you and heals himself. He's got
0: one move that he... I can't remember what the word is, but he says like...
1: Unus or something.
0: <laughs> a bloody anus! And then he like does, like you say, he like <laughs> blood clouds and shit, and it. And I don't know if you can... Because it's tough for me because I I... Did that boss quite late in my run? I did it first time, so I, d- I don't really have too much experience of the fight, <laughs> mm, right, so I can't really right. comment too much. But I all I do remember is that I I won first time, but I had like the smallest amount of health left at the end.
1: Nice, that's those are some of the best, most satisfying wins I think. When it comes down yeah. to the final thing, it, it's interesting that you say that. I I had a fair bit of trouble with Moog, even though I have my uh, my mimic. I got him down to half health pretty good, and then he did his ability, we were able to kind of attack him a bunch while he was doing his ability, so we didn't recover all that much health in the grand scheme of things. During the final stages of that boss fight, my mimic gave out at the last minute, and he still had... Not very much, maybe like a tenth of his health left sort of thing, but still enough that it was going to take me more, you know, maybe three or four hits to actually finish him off. I ended up getting it, but that exact moment, one of his flames also killed me. And sometimes, in some of these games, you can get away with it just barely. You can get away yeah. with the fact that they've killed you at the same time, but I guess his death mutter, whatever he says, whatever he utters as he goes, I guess that was a little too long. So, unfortunately, I didn't actually clinch it. Oh, that's so brutal. killed him, but died myself. Had to do it again. That's harsh.
0: Harsh, yeah.
1: The other game that I've played Quite a bit of time this week is control.
0: How has it been going? You mentioned last week that you'd uh, just started it and were enjoying what it was putting down so far. The building is evil and all that good stuff. Well, What else have you managed to find out?
1: Uh, so I've unlocked uh, a few new powers uh you get through actually assigning or attaching yourself to other objects of power that you actually come across within the oldest house, uh, which is... Okay. The place where you spend the majority of this game, other than a few sort of brief segments where you travel to a place called the Astral Realm. Some of the other objects of power that you get hold of are things like a carousel horse, a little rubber duck, like a bathtub ducky. Nice. A floppy disk, which is something that I mentioned last week. As well as a jukebox Wow,
0: great great use of 90s technology
1: (laughs) These objects of power, they give you various different abilities Uh, So the carousel horse gave me the dodge ability Because that
0: makes loads of sense, yeah
1: I guess they're kind of like fast, horses are fast Horses are good at dodging, yeah,
0: you know, (laughs) sure
1: It's like an action hero dash ability sort of thing
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know the sort of thing you mean, yeah.
1: You can sort of pluck the debris from the ground around you up into the air using a sort of telekinesis ability, but you use that to sort of cover yourself in a bit of a shield. So enemies actually shooting at you won't be able to penetrate that for a short duration. You can also use the shield to actually knock people over. One of the upgrades you can get for it is you can actually dash the rocks that are surrounding you towards an enemy. It doesn't do okay. as much damage as actually when you pick up something with telekinesis and chuck them at them, but it does do enough to sort of briefly stun them and give you just that additional window to evade and get away.
0: It seems like like with a lot of the game with the telekinesis, it's using physics quite well.
1: Very much. And, you know, just to go a little bit back to some of the stuff I mentioned last week, the area environmental destruction is phenomenal and being able to kind of pluck up that shield out of just bits of concrete and lumps on the ground and things like that feels really cool you really get this feeling the whole time with just how powerful you are just by the fact that the environment is slowly cracking and breaking around you even by just traversing it
0: exactly makes such a difference into the immersion as well
1: i definitely think that this is a game that you would enjoy uh i don't think that it's a game that i would necessarily recommend you know going way too heavily into grinding out things making sure you've maxed out your skill tree and things like that. But, but, but that's what I do. <laughs> you got to fight <laughs> that urge, James. <laughs> so the board, who I spoke about a little bit last week, uh, they seem to inhabit this place called the Astral Realm, which is something I mentioned a little earlier. It's one of the places that you can go to outside of the oldest house. Yeah. Uh, so the board seem to be able to control everything inside this giant black inverted pyramid you can see whenever you enter the Astral Realm. The researcher found around the Eldest House says that there's also sort of a other native species within the realm, but they've never managed to actually interact with them. They always sort of see them off in the distance. Right. After you've had a few discoveries like that, you've explored a bit more of the building. Jessie, which is the character that you play, reveals to her research specialist called Emily that following a paranatural event, which is the sort of events that uh i think they also call them altered reality events but they all seem to be connected in some way to the oldest house and to these objects of power but following one of these paranatural events where everyone disappeared in the town that jesse grew up in jesse and her brother dylan also met with an entity from the astral realm and the entity now lives within jesse's head right uh, and she's also named the entity polaris
0: Right and that okay so you did mention that there was voices that she was speaking to herself in last week's episode I think it all comes together.
1: Well Polaris doesn't necessarily have a voice. you just kind of like see slight visual prompts on the overlay where she sort of gives you it's not quite a waypoint but there's a sort of effect over certain things that help guide you to where you should go or things you should interact with. I think the name is meant to mean something like the guiding light or something. They explain that a little bit in the game. So, after helping some others around the bureau and getting the generators back on, you know, your sort of usual fare, plugging batteries back into generators, flicking switches, uh, you know, you're sort of maintaining some sort of pressing issue where a generator's going to pop off or overheat yeah. or something like that. Shit is going down, basically. Yeah. It's real destabilizing. Everything's going to pot. Infrastructure in video
0: games is awful, basically. Uh,
1: like, what is it? Like, literally, it's the most unresilient type of technology ever out there. It's, it's awful. And it only needs to be fixed by just going down there and pressing a few switches always as well. It's like, this. anyone could have done this. Or
0: literally replacing one fuse. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. But for some reason the
0: fuse is in a different building, f***ing miles away being guarded by a bear.
1: Yeah, exactly. And no one, you know, actually can really quite remember where the fuse is or why they even bother to keep it all the way over yeah. there. But hey, f*** it, you know, there needs to be a puzzle somehow in the game. Yeah. Looking at you, Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> so, a little bit later, you meet someone called Helen Marshall. Uh, so, Marshall. I, I re-
0: genuinely thought you were about to say Helen Mirren. <laughs> Helen
1: Mirren.
0: <laughs> you meet Helen Mirren for some Not reason. Not quite, no. No. <laughs> I
1: mean, for people that have played the game, they'll see that there isn't much of a resemblance or similarity there.
0: Where well, my headcanon is now Helen Mirren.
1: <laughs> so, anyway, Helen Mirren reveals that your brother Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Marshall reveals to you that your brother Dylan was kidnapped all those years ago by the Federal Bureau of Control. They thought that at the time Dylan was going to be a prime candidate for the director role, which is, you know, as we discussed last week, that was the sort of role that Jesse has now assumed. You actually find out from Marshall that Dylan is now in containment. Uh, it really didn't go well. He clearly wasn't a prime candidate for the director role. Shit went down. He's now considered extremely dangerous, and I'm on my way to go find him now. So, yeah, interested to see how that's going to go. I haven't actually really seen a glimpse of him previously, so... I smell a boss fight. Oh, yeah, I, you know, I, I agree. Yes, I think that, that could be... The boss fight, I did have one of them with a big, you know, chunky boss health bar last week. And it's actually, I've played several times since then and haven't come across another one. So I feel like one's overdue at this point. So I think you may well be right. It's difficult in this game to kind of tell who's actually friend and foe. Um, I've got some theories about the oldest house creating similar human-like entities, you know, to explain things like the janitor, Arty, that I mentioned last week, as well as the boar, just, you know, a building uh, sort of creating those entities to sustain itself. Uh, You know, obviously the janitor as the sort of caretaker of the building and the board sort of operationally run the place. So I'm wondering just how friendly those things are. I'm not quite sure really how friendly the board is. I mean, the Federal Bureau of Control seems pretty f***ed up. They are kidnapping children. Uh, So, you know, what other kind of morally questionable things are they up to? Also, the board seems to be residing within that inverted pyramid that I mentioned earlier within the astral realm. And it has been established in the game that there is this substance called black rock, which is actually used to prevent the hiss from escaping, which is the thing that's kind of taking over the building that everyone's in. So I'm kind of wondering if the pyramid is in fact made out of black rock and actually the board are kind of responsible for the hiss proliferating rather than, Mm. you know, actually trying to necessarily contain it. Whether they're just priming me to actually transmit the hiss further rather than stop it as it sounds like as it's kind of implied to me at the moment
0: that would be very a video game of them
1: and it kind of goes in with your thing about this house being a living entity you know the gun the objects of power everything being connected that's certainly kind of where it seems like this thing's leading and you know i would love it if i got absolutely blindsided and they kind of actually had come out with something that was pretty original and uh, a concept that we weren't able to just easily guess by tracking some ideas around <laughs>
0: Well, who knows, man? It's still relatively early days, potentially, so maybe you'll find that there is that sort of switcheroo coming.
1: Well, I'm hoping to have been able to complete this game within the next couple of weeks. I'll see how I get on with this incoming challenge for this episode. I think I should be able to get this one done in fairly short order. So
0: Nice. Well, I look forward to hearing, without too many spoilers, because actually, genuinely, but from what you've said, I'm probably going to pick this up at some point, and it sounds pretty f***ing cool, if I'm honest with you. Um, I can't wait to fight Helen Mirren. You literally- Absolutely. And uh, did you say Bob Dylan's your brother as well? So, yeah, cool. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> <But it's> all <laughs> the
1: right sort of people, this game.
0: Yeah. Whoever you are, there's something there for you.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was about all I got up to this week. Why don't you hit us off with what you have been playing?
0: So, obviously, the main thing I was doing this week was my challenge because it was challenge week but i did get a chance to play a couple of things on the weekend before i started the challenge so i was inspired by the monster hunter world iceborne challenge from last week it reminded me of how much i love that sort of game so i made a couple of relatively frivolous purchases considering that last week i probably spent an amount of money on games that i'm not going to mention on the podcast (laughs) main frivolous purchase that uh, I'll just talk about was uh, I actually put, picked up Monster Hunter Rise and Sunbreak. Oh, man! <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, so... Now, we had conversations about this prior to, well, prior to even starting the podcast. We said, no, not in for this one. Inferior graphics. Just looks yeah. like a slimmed-down, streamlined version of Monster Hunter World. No thanks. This has been scaled down, so it works on the Switch.
0: And I bought it on Switch, and I think I did. I do it first, or did you do it first? I forget which it was. I remember we said like, "Look, I'll do it if you do it, but we- I don't want to do it."
1: I think I folded on this one before you did. I just couldn't bear to hear someone talking about how cool it was. And I think by that point, I'd seen some of the monsters, and the designs are a bit more varied yeah. from a uh, world less lizardy, yes. less dinosaury. And oh, I don't know more- about
0: that. Every single monster in the game is still a wyvern. <laughs> oh, like, well, look. There's these... Let's not get it twisted. They're, no, they're all still wyverns. That's why it's called wyvern riding. The mechanic. They are all still dragons and lizards and things. It's just that some of them look
1: different. But, I mean, what about the the bear and stuff like that? Yep, still a dragon.
0: Jesus. Well, the bunny rabbit, still a dragon. But
1: that's the thing. Is so I guess.
0: Bill platypus, still <laughs> a
1: dragon. They might necessarily be classed as dragons in the game, yeah. but at least they don't actually just look like a T Rex yeah. with wings, or you know, just your classic dragon looking thing. It's actually, yeah, yeah, it's as you say, kind of a a giant bear with rabbit ears or a duck platypus or something that's a bit more varied. A monkey with a tail that kind of chucks fruit at you and things like that. Oh,
0: yeah. Still a dragon, though. (laughs) Still a dragon.
1: Still a goddamn dragon. (laughs) (laughs) How are you getting on with it compared to the Switch version?
0: It's exactly the same as the Switch version. (laughs) Frame rate's massively more stable on PC, of course. Graphics are because what I did was obviously I played a bit of World with you during the challenge Yeah. so then yeah. going back into Rise after that was very jarring at first because it doesn't look anywhere near as good like let's just get that out of the way straight away it's very clearly a Switch game that's been up
1: oh it's actually been up-resed has it because some of the footage I, was, I wasn't I was even convinced that it had necessarily been up
0: I think it has but it might just be my graphics card, I suppose. And, and but... a better
1: screen that you're and watching better frame rate. as well.
0: Yeah, and better screen, bigger screen, because I only have a Switch Lite, so I never played it on the big screen or anything Bigger, other.
1: better screen, better resolution, all those sorts of things. Exactly.
0: But it plays so nicely. Like, I mean, we've had this conversation before about World plays brilliantly, but some of the quality of life things they did in Rise, like the Palamutes the wire bugs that you can sort of flit around on and climb on, and the wall sprinting and stuff like that. Yeah. All such great additions to the game. The combat is still excellent. The additional moves they've added to the weapon sets and the, the really minor differences, but they make a huge difference. Like I'm still using switch axe, like I, like I do in world. And the reason I started using switch axe in world is because I, I used it on rise on an arena quest Yeah. and just fell yeah. in love with it. And I, and I can see why I did, man. It's, it's so, so satisfying. I, I, it might be recency bias but i'm almost tempted to say the combat is better in rise than it is in world
1: no i think that's absolutely fair i mean I'm, I'm definitely similarly minded there i'm using the charge blade in rise as well and the switch moves that you get in rise extend so much more in terms of combos and how cool the weapon works uh, i'm now able to in rise sort of charge up the hammer and instead of unleashing elemental attacks all the time it can sort of turn into a spinning axe, which then starts doing oh, much more hits cool. per second and things like that, and then unleashing minor elemental sparks in between that. So, yeah, 100% agree with you. Those wire bugs really make a huge difference to how you can use the weapons in the game. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I don't think I use them as much as I should have done playing it on the Switch, but I fully embrace them on the PC. It's mm. game changer, it really is. Do I prefer exploring in Rise than I do to World? No, I don't. I think the best way I can describe it is that Monster Hunter World is monster hunting in its purest form. You'd get tracks, you have to follow them. Once you get familiar with a creature, you might be able to see where it is on the map as soon as you'd enter a place. But if you're not, you have to properly go hunt it. In Rise, you just get a question mark on your map straight away that you can head to. It's definitely much more boss rushy than it is hunting. But as you alluded to earlier, the variation is so much more that... I almost don't mind that.
1: Yeah, I think that the, the kind of the positives outweigh the kind of things that they've slimmed down or kind of cut out since World, I think, personally.
0: Yeah, and the other thing is because with World, it's more about the experience. I think with Rise, it really is that combat and the traversal and stuff is just yeah. so on point that really all I want to do when I go do a mission is I want to just go, right, I'm going to beeline for this thing and I want to fight it.
1: I, I agree with you as well that the exploration is done better in World 100%. I think that. The uh, the zip fly powers that we were talking about before, how you can scale pretty much anything in the game, it sort of takes away from the maze like feel of certain maps. Yeah. Because a lot of the time you can sort of ignore the routes leading on to other areas because you can just climb up the mountain and then sort of zip off and go somewhere. As yeah. opposed to necessarily following the route that worlds would have forced you to take to get through the different places. Which is obviously great for exactly what you were talking about just now, which is get to the monster, get hunting it. Because the moment it runs off, you can jump on your dog, your palamoot, uh, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, and you're instantly on a chase with it. You can also attack while you're on your dog.
0: Although the attacks are kind of shit on the dog, if I'm honest, because it's your, it's your Palamute stats rather than yours.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're not very good, but it's still one option, as well as being able to sort of do things that you would have previously have to stop to do, like sharpen your weapon.
0: Yeah. Shout out to Gerald, my parallel move
1: Yeah. <laughs> Gerald. What does Gerald look like?
0: Uh Gerald is a black and grey, smoky looking dog with grey eyes, no pupils.
1: Alright, oh, okay. So
0: it looks like a proper sort of smoky death dog, but then obviously <laughs> it still has in all the animation cutscenes, it's still like really lovable and playful, so it's really cool. And then obviously I recreated Katata because...
1: <meow> nice one. I was just about to ask if Katata had migrated over to Rise.
0: Yeah, Katata will follow me on all of the <laughs> Monster Hunter games because I'm, I'm prouder than I should be with that creation, to be
1: honest. Ah, Katata's a good boy. You're a good yeah. boy, aren't you, Katata? <laughs> certainly is. Still
0: a good Healy boy, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said to myself I wasn't going to get it on PC, as we've mentioned, but I'm glad I did if I'm honest with you. It's, it's been really fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that much like the uh, me purchasing it on the Switch, this is absolutely going to cause me to cave at a certain point. I did say only last episode that Capcom had got just about enough money out of me through the Monster Hunter series. Uh, you know, I'll be surely eating those words. I'm sure the next time it comes on sale, I will be tempted.
0: One thing I do enjoy about Rise, it's really cheesy, but I like it, is... Um, the cutscenes you get on certain missions when it introduces you to the creature, but it's got like, um, an, almost a poem that comes up. It's like a, a rhyming, yeah. like almost like song lyrics kind of. And it's like a, a really bleak video. And then it's like, Oh, so no, we don't
1: do. do Yeah. On the, I think it's, is it called like Kabuki style? Uh, something sort of music? like that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's
0: just, it's so cool. I don't know why. I just find it really cool.
1: Yeah, it adds a lot of flavour, because the game is, I mean, compared to World, it's quite heavily themed upon sort of some certain uh, old styles of Japanese drawing and things. Yeah, for sure,
0: yeah.
1: A lot of the sort of still images and things, uh, or the kind of the overlay that it gives you when it introduces a boss in that cutscene, reminds me of some of the things I've seen in Okami, which was a...
0: Yeah, oh, wow, wicked game.
1: Another game made by Capcom, I believe.
0: Uh, Definitely... Didn't play enough of that game, but that's got a really cool art style. Good little wolfy boy.
1: Amaterasu, she's a good little wolfy god.
0: Oh god, alright. Yeah, Amaterasu,
1: she's the, uh, I think the god of life or something. <laughs> oh,
0: well, there you go, and I just called it a good little wolfy boy.
1: Good little wolfy boy, The Amaterasu will not be impressed.
0: <laughs> but no, so again, that'll be one that I dip into over the coming weeks and months, because Monster Hunter you can just do that. Yeah, yeah. And then... I didn't that's all I've played really apart from the challenge but the final thing I just wanted to bring up and it sort of carries on that same sort of theme a new EA game called Wild Hearts had its reveal trailer drop this week and it's it's not the same as Monster Hunter at all but there's enough similarities that I'm intrigued
1: yeah you absolutely can't help drawing parallels
0: yeah big old monsters that you go fight Again, I think it's got that sort of Japanese aesthetic, kind of similar to Rise. Yeah. And the the only sort of main difference, I'd say, from this and the Monster Hunter series is it looks like there's a lot more equipment, a lot more sort of big old trappy-type deals that you can build and use. I mean, in the trailer, I was actually getting Fortnite vibes from the way it was being built. But then I was sort of like, okay, no, it's not actually a big structure. It's just you're building a piece of equipment to use to damage this beast or whatever.
1: Once you'd mentioned this, I did have a look at the trailer myself before this uh, recording. And uh, some of these structures that you can build look pretty interesting. You know, I really yeah. like the fact that you can build these platforms that you can use to get up high to fight a monster. They look mm. like one of them that gave you a sort of a helicopter propeller that allowed you to kind of glide towards. Yeah. A bomb, some angle. It's like a hookshot type deal yeah, the hook as well. Looks yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah. So I'm hoping those uh, function similar to how they do in Monster Hunter, where you can sort of keep yeah. the thing in place. What I'm kind of interested is, will this thing feature multiplayer? Because instantly you see something like this that, you know, it does look very, you absolutely can't help but thinking, oh, Monster Hunter, when you see this, there is, there are way too many similarities in the game to ignore them. But I'm just hoping that um, there could potentially be multiplayer in this because I have seen other characters running around in the background doing stuff. It's got to be, right? You would really hope so. I mean, there's also other things like I I definitely saw someone carving and receiving items after carving that the names of them suggested that you would be able to use them to craft things. Not necessarily items or equipment or weapons, but there's some sort of thing to be used elsewhere that isn't just currency.
0: Well, I, I get the feeling that you will be able to upgrade your sort of home base. Yeah and use those bits you'll probably use those bits to build the equipment stuff we were talking about earlier
1: we also saw a couple of the monsters in the trailer and some of them you know uh, we were only just talking about some complaints about the lack of variation in monster hunter world last episode and just earlier now uh but some of the beasts that you see one looks like some sort of rats there was a wolf that kind of resembled you know on that topic kind of resembled amaterasu yeah there was sort of a Big giant horned boar that was <laughs> slightly reminiscent of uh, like the bloodborne enemies but with much bigger yeah. tusks.
0: Basic bitch enemy, the boar.
1: Yeah, hey, 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 let's leave the boars out of this. This boar actually looks like he's getting the respect that the boars are due. This one looks like it's a decent fight.
0: You say that it's going to be the one you kill in one <laughs> shot as the tutorial boss. That'll be what it's it
1: gonna is. going to be the fucking tutorial boss. <laughs> uh, God Damn it. The only
0: game I've ever seen that gives the boar its due respect is Neverwinter Nights 2. If you pick a druid class, you can have a boar as your pet. And it's got really, really high defence. Nice, really good. nice. It's got a charge attack as well that knocks things over. Oh, nice. nice. Really I cool. like that.
1: That sounds cool. The other thing I was wondering a little bit about was the weapon variation in the game. There's a lot of footage I've seen of the character using a katana, and then like you see another character using one of the parasols. But I'm wondering... Just how much weapon variation there is outside of that. I'm hoping to see a little bit more of there as kind of we see a few more sneak peeks into the gameplay.
0: I agree. My, my worry is I, I believe it's an EA game and that probably means that you'll be having to buy them as microtransactions. So.
1: Oh my god, imagine Obviously. weapon microtransactions. Well, you yeah. don't need to imagine. They already do exist. Yeah, but I was going we'll to say, loot boxes, see. baby. You hope they wouldn't do something like that because they would have the foresight that that would just immediately discount it from Monster Hunter and a lot of people would be extremely hesitant to move into it based on hearing something like that. But, you know, EA just can't help but put its foot in it in terms of games that it publishes.
0: Well, and to be fair, they've lost the FIFA licence. They need to be recovering that sweet, sweet dollar that that brings every year. (laughs) But no, so that's really all, uh, all I've got to say on that. So unless you have any further questions, my friend...
1: No, no, no. No further comments.
0: Then in which case, I think it's time to move on to the news. So the first news story this week is a very exciting one for me, partly, I suppose, and that is CD Projekt Red has announced a whole host of new games that are in the pipeline.
1: Or at least the project uh, titles for those games.
0: (laughs) Exactly, I was going to say, hasten to add, in the pipeline, in the loosest possible terms, they're in pre-development for the most part. Mm. I don't think any of these are imminent, right? But um, they have announced that we are getting a Cyberpunk 2077 sequel which is being codenamed Project Orion. And this is the bit that really excites me. They're also saying that they're in pre-production for a new Witcher trilogy. So to briefly touch on Project Orion, the cyberpunk sequel, this was actually a very, very low-key announcement on Twitter, I believe. And rightly so, given the clusterfuck that was... Oh, Cyberpunk 2077's release
1: well, you would hope that they would have learned their lesson this time and this announcement will not be followed by a game release for many many years
0: <laughs> yeah I hope so too and I, I, I truly believe that CD Project Red have probably learnt their lesson with
1: that i can't imagine uh you know that they would possibly want to risk damaging their reputation any further in that regard no way
0: absolutely not they used up any goodwill they had from the witcher 3 with the cyberpunk stuff and they really need a home run and certainly with the witcher stuff there's absolutely no way they're gonna rush that that's their baby it's like the equivalent of Elder Scrolls for Bethesda. They're not going to rush that shit.
1: I would say I'm a little nervous. And I think that lessons have been learned after the uh, the disaster of the Cyberpunk release. However... I think that uh, when the push comes to shove, they may release games that are unpolished. Uh, You know, Bethesda, obviously, that's been established for many years before, if you think about the... Don't know
0: what you're on about, mate. (laughs) Bethesda never, ever... There's no bugs in a Bethesda game, ever, and anyone that tells you different is a liar. They're all intended mechanics. Liar!
1: In my mind, in the back of my mind, there's a slight nervousness there, but there's also a strong hope and... uh, I want to believe your point that these titles, you know, are are considered the babies of those studios. And I really hope that the upcoming title that's supposed to follow on from the Witcher series, at least the initial Witcher trilogy, I really hope that that gets the attention and time it deserves.
0: Interestingly, uh, the initial Witcher game to kick off the brand new trilogy is called Project Polaris.
1: Oh, yeah. nice. Nice little coincidence there. Tie that together guiding light then so if that's what it means guiding light i wonder what that could mean sounds like siri doesn't it it does but rumors are that it's following a different witcher from a different school
0: well that'll be cool yeah i've mentioned it certainly to you i can't remember if i said it on the pod my hope is is that you create your own witcher pick your own school and then you can carry it through almost like a bioware trilogy
1: i'd like to see that yeah a bit more freedom in terms of the character creation the witcher trilogy that's already been i do think that
0: tied a bow in the Geralt arc really nicely. I'm not sure I want to see any more Geralt just yet. Not to disrespect Geralt, I f***ing love Geralt, but I'd really like to, I'd like to be able to create my own Witcher and carry that through. I think that'd be really cool.
1: Give Geralt a holiday or something for at least a few tiles a trilogy.
0: He's he's busy doing a TV series, he doesn't need to be doing a video (laughs) game too. But yeah, so Project Polaris is going to be the initial game in the new trilogy, and apparently it's going to be built on the legacy of Witcher 3. Yeah, yeah, very Which good. I can only assume means that it's going to be a lovely, sprawling RPG with a wonderful world and beautiful side quests. Mm-hmm. Of the two more that are coming after that, one of them is known as Project Sirius, and apparently that's going to be a take on the Witcher universe telling an unforgettable story. Right, okay. Potentially a nice bit of innovation there. So, a little bit vaguer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not really sure what's going to happen there, but again, sounds rpg to me maybe might be a little twist that you're not expecting to make it innovative
1: well it sounds like it's the from the description there it's potentially implies that it's not necessarily in the witcher universe it could be a completely different style of game right it could be a. I mean it's carrying on the legacy of the games yes but is it carrying on the storyline is it carrying on the universe
0: well i think you've hit on a good point there it does say that it's going to be an innovative take on the witcher universe But maybe it's so it's in the universe, but it's nothing to do with The Witcher itself. Maybe it's a different game. You know, it might be a town guard or some shit, but in that universe. It could be an Animal Crossing-style life sim in The Witcher universe. We don't know.
1: Sorry, I hadn't quite picked up on the fact that you mentioned it was a a take on The the Witcher universe. I thought it was just kind of like a take on the series as a whole in terms of gameplay and RPG stylings.
0: But yeah, so very interesting to see what that'll be. And the third and final one, which is called you know at the moment project canis majoris which i'm pretty sure is latin for big dog (laughs) (laughs) and that's apparently going to be a story-driven single-player open world rpg set within the witcher universe Ah, so again might not be a witcher it might be some other sort of take on it but in that universe and all of these things sound really cool to me i'm not gonna lie what do you think man
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is all really interesting news. Uh, I think that it's kind of probably for the best that they announced this Cyberpunk follow-up amongst several Witcher-related games as well. I think even following the success of Edge Runners on Netflix, I think that people aren't quite ready to trust the series as a game title now. It does seem like there's quite a lot of work on social media to kind of erase the dodgy uh, release of Cyberpunk. I'm seeing a lot of people now touting just how great Cyberpunk is and... You know, that said, it's, it's a game that I haven't picked up. I'm sure that it does have a lot of great things about it as well. But it does feel like there's a little bit of erasing the history going on here.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. But again, I haven't played it either. So until I do, I'm going to reserve my full judgment on it.
1: Yeah. Project Sirius
0: is going to be developed by a company called Molasses Flood with support from CD Projekt Red. Whilst Canis Majoris has been contracted to a third party studio led by ex-witcher devs. And the final thing that also came along with this was they have also released a brand new IP, which is called Project Hadar. And apparently that's going to be distinct from Cyberpunk and The Witcher, whatever the hell that means. So CD Projekt Red, busy, busy, busy people at the moment. Second story I've got is also a very exciting one for me personally. Uh, We've got our first glimpse of the Mario Brothers movie, guys.
1: Yes, the trailer for the movie released just the other day at the time of recording.
0: Yeah, Nintendo revealed the first little scene... Um, in which, well, the bit I saw at least, we saw Bowser get challenged by a bunch of penguins in the ice world. They offered him a chance to surrender, and he absolutely decimates their palace. It's great. (laughs) This, This movie's got a very, very, very strong cast. You know, we got Jack Black, we got Charlie Day as Luigi, and of course Chris Pratt as Mario. Yes,
1: yeah, I think that there's been a lot of concerns over the fact that Chris Pratt was just going to essentially portray only himself doing his regular voice as Mario, which I think a lot of people would have found jarring, myself included.
0: And uh, we did get our first listen of Mario, and that is exactly what he has done.
1: He's... (laughs) He's kind of doing, he's chucking a little something, something Italian in there.
0: Yeah, but it's not, it's a me.
1: No, he's definitely not doing uh, the original Mario voice or even attempting to to do something of that, which, you know, I think could be kind of seen as one of two things. I think that, number one, you know, it could be seen as that's going to detract from the character. It feels kind of lower effort. He should have perhaps leaned more into the performance. That said, we've only heard Mario say two or three lines in the whole movie. But then again, I think that you could also perhaps say that he just wasn't keen on essentially stealing and plagiarizing the work of the original voice actor for mario instead so he does appear to have done his own take on it he's doing a poor impersonation of an italian accent it seems like and he very frequently slips back into kind of an american type uh, accent (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's a great looking Mario. The whole every single character looks awesome, I've got to say, in the trailer.
1: Yeah, there's there's slight sort of variations between the original design for Mario that I noticed, but this is definitely not a Sonic situation with the Mario. original ugly Sonic at all. I think oh, that people Christ, are
0: no, not at all.
1: generally perceiving this pretty well. I think some people are saying that there's a slight sort of weird thing going on there because they look so similar, but not quite. The mustache is slightly mm. different, the spacing of the eyes and the shape of the nose.
0: The one thing I've seen that's quite funny is apparently people are complaining about the fact his ass is too flat
1: yes i have seen the they yeah people are really really disappointed about the cut badonkadonk and to be yeah. honest with you, how the hell do you expect Mario to be butt-smashing all those barrels and things like that without a little bit of thick behind him when he's doing it?
0: Yeah, exactly. Maybe he's been doing <laughs> it so much that it's just flattened down. Who knows?
1: Oh, that's what's happened, you think? Yeah, yeah. he's deflated I mean. after all the years of butt-smashing. Yeah. Maybe he just needs to eat a
0: mushroom and then his ass will come back. Who knows? Stick a
1: couple of mushrooms down yeah. the old uh, dungarees there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but to be honest, the, the, the voice that I found the most jarring was actually Toad's in that trailer.
1: Yeah, Toad doesn't sound like the toad that i imagine or that i've heard yeah. kind of like in voice snippets from the games at all that said though jack black sounds like he's killing it you can absolutely tell it's jack black but he's kind of he's got just the right voice the right power behind his voice to convey yeah. bowser and i think that
0: also i f- love jack black so anything he does i'm just <laughs> i'm just there for it nice school of rock great film shout out to that and also tenacious d f- awesome live just so good so good but no, this was really, really well received across the board for the most part. My favourite thing about Nintendo is the fact that the head of Nintendo is called Doug Bowser. That just it makes me smile every time I think about it. He put out a tweet sort of saying, what does everyone think? And he got... Some responses from potentially some unexpected people. You know, we had Aaron Greenberg, um, a high-up member of Xbox, saying that he thought it looked really cool. Nice, nice. And the Xbox page itself, the Twitter page, this is, I should say, also complimented the trailer, saying that it looks really cool. So nice to see Xbox and Nintendo sort of snuggling up a little bit, getting a bit friendly. You know, just makes you all warm and fuzzy, doesn't it, seeing... Gaming companies get along.
1: It's nice to see the console companies like that showing a bit of camaraderie, and I hope that it goes some way to sort of actually discouraging and uh, stopping the console war comments that you see so frequently on places like Twitter.
0: Who knows? But speaking of um, camaraderie in the gaming world, or perhaps lack of camaraderie, shall I say, um, A third news story, and this is a really brief mention because we've done this story quite a lot in the past, but... Uh, <laughs> There was another news story um, in the ongoing Activision Blizzard Xbox PlayStation saga that our favourite PlayStation executive, Jim Ryan, had flown to Brussels this week to...
1: To stand on the picket lines outside uh, (laughs) outside the investigation offices.
0: Exactly, to try and get this shit blacklisted still. And allegedly Google are also against the move, which I just find hilarious given that Google are just far too big for their own boots, they own YouTube, right?
1: Absolutely, the irony and the fact that Google are getting behind this alongside the fact that, you know, this is obviously related to sort of a gaming monopoly and the recent news with Google cancelling their Stadia service.
0: Exactly, it's like, it's just like, go fuck yourself. Jim Ryan especially, man, let the process happen and just deal with it, as we've said before, like, honestly.
1: It's bordering on delusional at this point in terms of the amount of claims that he's making and I think that he just really needs to let sleeping dogs lie on this one and uh keep his hand under the sand for a while
0: our fourth news story today is another one that's a bit i don't want to say negative but it's its a weird one for me this
1: i think i know what you're about to say <laughs> <sighs>
0: fucking horizon zero dawn is getting a remake
1: Which makes no sense to me whatsoever.
0: Absolutely, it makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, look at it this way. The other week when The Last of Us remake was sort of on its way, we were talking then about how that game is potentially too modern to have needed a remake.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And that game came out in 2013, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Fucking Horizon Zero Dawn only came out in 2017. Why the fuck are we remaking it at this stage? It's still... I haven't played it, but for all accounts, it still plays really well as is. Why do we need a remake, guys?
1: Yeah, and not only that, but it's also actually had a performance upgrade for the PlayStation 5. It's had a a performance upgrade as well as a graphical upgrade in terms of up-rezzing the textures and things. And it's a game that absolutely stands out as still being one of the games that has the better graphics, even of titles that are still being released today. So
0: Everyone I've spoken to who's played it has said only good things about it. I've seen some video clips where the AI is a bit stupid sometimes, but everyone I know that's played it has had a thoroughly great time with it. I don't see why they're doing this.
1: Well, unless they're planning on specifically upgrading the gameplay, bringing that much more in line with Horizon Forbidden West... Yeah, then I think that there's really no point because the graphics are one of the main things that people praise about this game. I would say that in a lot of ways, although it does control extremely well, the combat and things like that, it doesn't exactly set the world on fire. It does feel extremely fluid and it does control extremely well, but there's nothing particularly new there. You know, it's very much a third-person shooter with good mobility and things like that. So I'm just kind of left thinking that It's going to be a real hard sell unless they actually make the gameplay much more open, add a lot more weapons and really bring it in line with two.
0: The only upside I can see for this is that maybe the original will go on sale for a really cheap price and then I can pick it up cheap.
1: 100%, same takeaway as me. Yeah, I'll finally be able to pick this thing up, hopefully Horizon Zero Dawn on the PC for under 15 quid.
0: (laughs) The one thing I do want to highlight about this, which I, I worry about a little bit, is that This is starting to become a bit of a trend. We're seeing, obviously we had, and I'm going back a bit now, but we had Spyro and Crash Bandicoot trilogies were remastered. And I'm thinking, fair enough, those games came out 20-25 years ago. I kind of see where you're coming from. Fair play. They were handled well, I would say. Yes. You're cashing in on on nostalgia, but fair enough. It's been long enough, I kind of see what you're doing. But we're now seeing The Last of Us Part 1. Okay, that game's 10 years old. Okay. I, I disagree, but... I see fair enough.
1: I mean the leap in graphical technology from 10 years ago, you can't really compare it to say, you know, the leap in games that were coming even from less amounts of time like the comparison between Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil remake. I mean, yeah. I think that there was less time. I think there was definitely less than 10 years in between Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil remake, but the graphical increase was just monumental.
0: Yeah, and that's all well and good, but what I'm concerned about is is where does this stop? One bit right, okay. So everyone's memeing Skyrim for having so many versions released over the years. Not one, of, apart from the special edition, it hasn't really been a graphical increase. It's just been okay. We're releasing it on this platform, this platform. Blah. Are we going to expect a Skyrim remaster in in a new engine in ten years time? And is that going to be acceptable? I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, I'll f- love that, right? But <laughs> so again, perhaps a bad example. But my, you know, the point stands. Like, where does this end? And I, it's really concerning because. People are going to buy it. We can say what we want about it. People are going to buy these games. Yeah. And until people yeah. don't buy these games, they're going to keep fucking doing it. And I frankly would rather that these studios spent more time on new IPs or sequels to existing IPs than remastering old games that, in the case of Horizon Zero Dawn, for example, were already perfectly fine the way they are.
1: Yes, both mechanically and graphically.
0: Exactly. Now, when we get to you know potentially the ps10 in 40 years time talk to me again i might revisit that statement but for now i don't think it's needed
1: no i don't think that there's any nostalgia for horizon zero dawn (laughs) i think that people acknowledge it is a decent game and yeah. you move on. <laughs> There's no one, is that no dude? one screaming to go back to it and play a slightly graphically improved version. Yeah,
0: especially all the chumps out there that have a go at it because Aloy is not fit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's oh ridiculous. yeah, I remember. Yeah, Aloy's. You, yeah. you know, did you see that outcry when Forbidden West came out? Oh, she's got a hair on her chin. She's not very feminine. What the f- game? She's got
1: peach fuzz. I can't deal with my ladies having peach fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that I saw like a heavily photoshopped image of Aloy where they'd sort of like increased her cheekbones thinned out, her cheeks, yeah. and stuck a load of makeup on. It was like yeah. hire fans, game designers. Don't hire like woke game designers.
0: <laughs> it's like for fuck's sake, you're missing the point.
1: How can I play this game? I don't want to fuck the protagonist. <laughs> so
0: it's like yeah, it's like ridiculous. Oh dear. But then, final news story. I'm gonna hand over to Will because uh, you brought it to the table. I was aware of it, but you know, full disclosure, I completely forgot. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So following Overwatch 2's Rocky launch on the 4th of October, Rocky launch including things such as long queue times, server errors, items not carrying over from the original version, things like needing a mobile number to play, with some people even reporting that their prepaid top-up numbers not working. Uh, So the game necessitating the need for contract mobiles, which obviously brings into account questions around uh, affordability for certain people and discriminating against people on lower income.
0: And also, why is that necessary?
1: The reason for doing it in the first place was allegedly to combat disruptive behavior such as hacking and things like that. If people are submitting their number to this, uh, you know, then they will take it more seriously and not hack and not say a bunch of racist, sexist, homophobic stuff over the internet to people in lobbies. I think that uh, the ends definitely don't justify the means in this regard. So, uh, Blizzard have made the decision to remove the phone number requirements for a majority of existing Overwatch players. The developer also added, if a player is caught engaging in disruptive behaviour, their account may be banned, whether they have a new account or not.
0: The first bit doesn't surprise me at all, that there were issues with a new new online game when released. There's always server queues, there's always issues like that. Yeah, absolutely. No surprise whatsoever, I think. Considering
1: the popularity of the first title as well.
0: Exactly. I mean, it always staggers me that people don't think and have multiple servers to combat this especially on a day one right but that to me is not a big deal that that sort of thing happens in every single big multiplayer game there is and is fixed quite quickly normally so fair play not really that bothered this whole phone thing though is bizarre
1: Uh, a lot of other games find other ways of getting around sort of cheating behavior and abusive behavior on games It seems like they're rapidly backpedalling following their poorly misjudged attempt at preventing cheating behaviours going on in the game. Let's see what else Overwatch 2 has in store for us. i will certainly be planning on checking it out given the fact that it's free to play. I feel like uh, I'll be definitely back at some point with a report.
0: Oh, well, if it's free, I might dip my toe in as well, but we'll see
1: yeah let's get it man let's uh let's chuck on a little couple games of overwatch 2 never played overwatch 1 so yeah we should definitely give that a go at some point
0: fair well we'll see how that develops and you know maybe we'll see you guys in overwatch 2 at some point but i think that about does it for the news today so now we move on to the challenge A
1: games challenge (laughs) challenge Well, uh, so as listeners of the previous episode are probably aware, last week I challenged James to complete 77 shrines in The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for episode 7 of Total Pod Mode. James, kick us off. How did you get on?
0: Well, the first thing I'll say is, is Fuck the... you
1: for setting me this challenge, you son of a bitch. Uh, I mean, kinda, honestly. Oh, uh, what? Um,
0: <laughs> so I, I thought... In complete ignorance that this wasn't going to be that hard, right?
1: Right, okay.
0: <laughs> Oof, this was fucking brutal, man. Was
1: it really tough? Jeez.
0: F***ing brutal. I have never felt so inadequate in my life. But I did the maths! I did the As maths I and everything. So, okay, we'll get this out of the way early because it's really going to affect, affect everything that I talk about, right? Okay. I sadly did not complete this challenge. <laughs> And actually, I wasn't even f***ing close.
1: Oh, jeez, man. I am sorry. Like, not
0: even close. I put about 25 to 30 hours in this, exclusively shrine hunting and clearing, and I did 47. 47? I was so... And I only found another three other than that.
1: I was so close to giving you 50. I was so close to giving you 50, and I went for 77, because I forget that was too easy. So are you telling me that this challenge was almost impossible?
0: Well, I don't know, and this is why I say I feel a bit inadequate, right? Because... The joke I was going to make was well, forty-seven still got a seven in it, so that's
1: at least something. But you get a half point.
0: No, I get f- no. Out. Yeah, that's not what <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. No, no, but no. but I actually looked this up today before the pod. There's 120 shrines in the base game. Okay. Right. Forty-two of them are locked behind quests, which means that there's actually only 78 that you can go for without engaging in the quest which i would have had no time to do
1: i'm almost certain that some of those quests would be you do the quest but then getting into the shrine you immediately get the reward sort of thing that is true
0: but i had no time to do the quests as i'll get onto now yeah so i spent as i say 25 to 30 odd hours playing this and and bear in mind i didn't start the game again i i've put i think it was three or four hours into the game previously so i was like cool went into this like yeah no problem this is going to be great jesus man i gave myself some health so that i wasn't getting one shot by everything i then set off on my little adventure and to begin with i was really really positive about it i think you know i I, my strat was i'm going to find all the shrines do all the exploring and then i'm going to spend the last day or two going and doing all of them yes yeah because the shrines themselves actually don't take very long man i struggled so hard with this. I basically got zero enjoyment from this game, right? Oh, like, no! <laughs> literally, basically, I had no fun at all with this.
1: This was supposed to turn you onto the game, not make I know, you hate I it. Know. <laughs> well,
0: and this is the, no. And this is the thing. I'm I, getting this out of the way now. I, I respect the game and I can see that it's clearly a very, very good game. Okay. And... I think the shame with this is, is that this was essentially my first playthrough.
1: And you were being rushed to get through the shrines and things like that, yeah. yeah. Exactly.
0: So I didn't engage with the story at all, which meant that I, and I'd forgotten how to do most of the combat and things like that. i picked it up again very quickly. And that works really well, aside from the dodge mechanic being a piece of shit. 'Cause you can just jump to the side or do a backflip. You can't really dodge out the way of things too easily. No,
1: it's it's very difficult to get that dodge mechanic down right. It's very yeah. much reliant on the fact you either hit that perfect dodge and then it works fantastically. Yeah. But if you don't get that perfect dodge, you're most likely gonna take the hit.
0: And this is the thing, and, and because I didn't engage with the game, I I was not practicing any of that. Yeah. So yeah. and same with the parry mechanic. I'm sure it's excellent, but I just wasn't doing anything. Yeah. But yeah, so th- the traversal in general was was absolutely fine. It was fair, like, no issues with that. but there were some very odd things that seemed to be happening. So one of the things I noticed in a couple of areas was I'd be climbing a rock face and it would be completely clear, like no problem. You get to a certain point, and suddenly there's snow on it, just sort of almost out of nowhere. Right. Okay. Like, because, and you know, for the most part in the game, you can see that the snowy peak's coming, and then you expect it, right? But there yeah. were there were a couple where I was literally climbing, and then suddenly snow.
1: Right. And okay. Really, okay. And
0: that was that was a bit jarring. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that really pissed me off was the weather mechanic was great in terms of when it rains, everything becomes slippery, right? That's awesome. <laughs> but the way it's implemented is done really badly, in my opinion. If I'm climbing a bone dry surface. And the rain starts, it's physically impossible for it suddenly to become Yeah, slippery.
1: it's just very suddenly. If you're in the middle of climbing something, immediately exactly. it will, you can just completely prevent you from getting up there.
0: Exactly. Now build up over time, brilliant. Makes it an excellent mechanic, but that was really jarring. Listeners and viewers, take my comments with a slight pinch of salt that this is exasperated by the fact I was rushing. Yeah, yeah, And I was desperate to get things done as quickly as possible because by about Wednesday, I was getting very nervous about this. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'd found about 35 shrines by this point, and I was like, f*** me, I need to get a move on. The stamina mechanic in the game is excellent in general. Mm, I think it's very fair... Except for swimming, motherfucker, that Link cannot swim to save his life.
1: Link does not like to swim at all.
0: You're crossing the smallest little fucking river, and he's doing these baby strokes, and it's like literally I could get across there in three strokes.
1: It's like half your stamina to cross maybe about five meters of water,
0: dude. It's your full stamina bar to cross less. It's ridiculous, yeah. and then you dr- and you literally you can be at the shore. About to get out, and if your stamina runs out, you drown.
1: Yeah. The game doesn't want you to be swimming at all. The game wants you to be using the ice block sort of mechanics, yeah. and yeah, and that's it. There's no real allowance for, for paddling unless you equip a certain set of armor. Is that the Zora armor? Yes, yeah.
0: That does f all to your swimming, it just lets you climb waterfalls doesn't make your swimming any better at all. No,
1: it doesn't make your swimming better, but I think it also reduces the stamina cost from the sort of the boost swim you can do when you press the sprint button. You kind of do a quick push forward and I think it reduces the stamina cost on that as well.
0: That may be true, but I was so paranoid about my stamina I barely used that.
1: For armor that's made for a race of sort of fish and aquatic people it still doesn't give you yeah. the sort of boost that you'd expect it does allow you however to swim all the way up waterfalls which is quite cool some of the
0: shrines were cool i'll give it that right there with this shrine you have to go off the top of a waterfall and then it's all stormy up top and you have to stand on top of it and let the lightning hit it
1: yes that's what yes i remember that one
0: and that's one of the ones that you mentioned where it's like you walk in and you just get it straight away yeah yeah but yeah so so that was really odd and and again take it with a pinch of salt i was trying to rush right and the only other thing that was bizarre in terms of the traversal and things was when you're outside, you can climb a sheer cliff face, right? Yes. Sometimes you can even climb ones that are almost coming back over you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you can yeah. climb
0: up it. But in a shrine, if I make a jump, can I grab a f***ing ledge? No.
1: No, all of a sudden the puzzle rooms become very, yeah. very limited in terms of the traversal and things like
0: that. Like, Don't get me wrong, I'm not expecting to be able to climb up a flat wall, but if I jump across and I can clearly... I'm clearly like... My torso is hitting the edge, right? So yeah. I could clearly grab that and climb up. And Link's a strong boy; he should be able to do that. And that, uh, that was just annoyed me. But again. It annoyed me more because I was trying to rush.
1: It's also, it's just kind of one of those old school game limitations that don't necessarily make sense or have any real rhyme or reason behind them other than like, no, you can't do that because you've got to do it this way because it's a puzzle. And a lot of the shrines do allow you to have some freedom in the way that you solve the puzzles. Yeah. But, you know, then at the same time, uh, yeah, there's certain things they're just not letting you get away with because it would require too much limitation on the puzzle to make it enjoyable, I suppose. But yeah, no, I think that's a fair criticism, though, absolutely. Yeah, it feels like something that they didn't really account for, given the scope of the game outside of the shrines and the way that you can traverse and get around.
0: And that's exactly it. It's more because of how good the traversal is outside in mm. terms of what you're allowed to do, that it yeah. just it was weird to me. Like, I can literally climb up a building outside, but then I can't jump and a ledge that I can clearly grab and could hoist myself up, I can't do. That. It's bizarre, but not the only game in the world that does that, so... That is what it is.
1: One of your major gripes about the game was the weapon durability. How did you get on with that? How did you find it?
0: I barely fought anything, so it wasn't too bad. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah.
1: Mostly using it to sort of get out of tricky situations and stun a few enemies.
0: But to be honest, I lost more weapons to doing things with the stasis. You know, there was quite a few where you had to stasis a ball, hit it a bunch of times so it would go into a wall or into a switch to do things. And, And so I was losing weapons to that.
1: That can actually be quite frustrating early on because you get some decent weapons and then you're kind of wasting them to use it to solve a puzzle as opposed to actually use it for combat
0: yeah i would be frustrated by that if i was playing the game properly i think but by this point i was just like i don't really care i just want to get deliriously looking for shrines (laughs) no honestly it really was like like i say i've never felt so inadequate 25 or 30 hours into a game and i i feel like i did fuck all it's crazy i did three minor tests of strength shrines yeah so obviously fighting things that but you get a free weapon at the end of that typically yeah yeah and then funnily enough the The three shrines that I didn't do that I have on my map, two are major tests of strength and one was a modest test of strength. And I didn't even attempt those because I'm not comfortable enough with the combat mechanics because I haven't really engaged with it.
1: Yeah, a lot of those sort of ancient shrine guards and things like that, they really require you to be very familiar with the parrying mechanic or using some sort of ability on them. Or that you just have some sort of powerful weapon that you can use to like regularly stun them in between attacks and things like that. So I'm yeah. not at all surprised that given the progress you made, that you weren't able to do any of the more yeah. challenging test of strength dungeons.
0: Um, well, I didn't even attempt them, as I say. Yeah. I, I think I tried the major test of strength one. Must have been a year ago, and I was like, nope. Okay, Alright, yeah. see you later. <laughs> but yeah, and you know, it was just, it was. A real real brutal challenge if i'm honest i didn't even manage to explore the whole map there were two sections of the map i don't have the towers for oh geez and and this was you know i was trying
1: <laughs> man i'm sorry for saying such a uh difficult mountain to climb for this challenge i'm really you know i'm gonna have to look back on this myself and actually consider whether you know it is actually possible to have done 77 shrines. in my head i felt like it was quite doable I, like i said i was Same. Close, i was Same. close to giving you 50. It's a shame I didn't give you fifty, because then at least you could have said that you know you were right close to actually completing the challenge at the very least.
0: Well, if it was fifty, I might have tried to grind some this today before the pod to get those last three. Yeah,
1: exactly. Have. You may have had a chance to do, but yeah, when it's that. But because it was seventy-seven,
0: I was like, I got to forty-seven, and was like, as I say earlier, I just got seven in it. So <laughs>
1: yeah, just call it a day there. Yeah.
0: Um, so no, but the other thing I've got to highlight, and this is this is definitely a switch light problem rather than the game problem. The fucking gyroscope, man! Like for those shrines where you have to rotate stuff.
1: Oh yeah, there's a golf one where you sort of have to operate a, like a kind of a mallet with the ball. That was swing. my favorite
0: one. That was. It, it's awesome. cool. I do
1: like the physics aspect yeah. of it, but using the gyroscope is never fun for accurate sort of movement. Oh for,
0: no, but for that one it was fine because you literally just had to do that. You had to just pull it to one side and then push it yeah. back, and that and that was fine because I like putting. I like yeah. golf, so that was cool. But there was one where um, you have to go up three levels and you have to rotate. Loads of different blocks. The first one's quite simple. You just rotate a flat block around so that it stands still. There's one then that's got three sets of stairs and you have to get them in an order. I didn't even get the stairs straight. I just got them so I could face them and I just jumped from the stairs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To get across. But then the third one, oh my. F- Christ, you have to twist it round in a very specific way to be able to get the chest first, come back off, and then, because you need the small key to go when you get to the top, and then do it again, and with a switch light because I didn't, I had I had to move my whole body with it so I could this see the screen. This is the
1: problem, screen. is some of the ro- rotations involve you t- turning the Thing completely upside down and things like yeah. that and it's just like and you can't see you to see the screen when you've got it in that position
0: exactly and that's why i say it's not the game's fault this i think that's a switch light problem because I'm, i imagine on the normal switch that's actually quite manageable but
1: well i mean it's it's the same in the handheld version as the regular one it's just the fact that you then also have the option to plug it into the dock and get around yeah. that sort of thing
0: there were some cool shrines as i say that golf one was really nice some of the ones using stasis were really cool and there was some nice puzzly one. There was one that was really cool. That was um, It was two shrines sort of on opposite ends of a ravine.
1: Oh, yes, I know the one.
0: And they're linked together. I think they're called Twin Souls or Twin, twin something. Peaks. <laughs> twin Peaks. Like twin shrines, yeah. Yeah, and, and that, that was a really cool concept. Like You have to look at the order in one and place the balls in the other one for that. But before you do so, you have to look at the order in that one so you can go back to the original shrine and place the balls in that one. That's
1: that was correct. a nice touch. Yeah. The solution being in either one of the shrines. I think that's... The only instance where a solution is actually in a separate shrine that I can think of. Yeah. And that was a really cool one. It literally kind of really does challenge you the way that you think about the game.
0: Yeah, it was really well done. And that's why it's, it's hard for me to be too scathing, despite the fact I had virtually no fun with this. Because I think the game itself is, is really quite cool. And it looks lovely. As I say, for the most part, the traversal is excellent. I'm sure the combat is excellent once you're used to it. I didn't give myself a chance to be used to it. And... The quests, from what I remember from doing a couple of quests when I first played it a year ago, they're very engaging. The story's cool. Zelda games typically always have a good story. So it's a shame that this has probably soured this game for me to such an extent that I'm probably not going to pick it up again.
1: (laughs) Do you really think? Are you still engaged with uh, the new Zelda title or has this really burned you that badly?
0: (laughs) It's very fresh at the moment, so I'm not sure the good thing is is that if i do ever decide to pick it up i've got a load of spirit orbs now but yeah as i say I've, it was really quite demoralizing actually because because as you say you did the maths and you and you said that you thought it should be achievable i have no reason not to believe you but well I,
1: I, I mean i guess in my head i was just thinking that obviously forgetting that actually in fact you have six days to do the challenge as opposed to seven in my head 11 shrines a day seemed achievable sort of thing yeah
0: no, and I think on the face of it, it is. If I had all the shrines, easy. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the no discovering it was it's the difficult bit. finding everything. And then, as I say, I found out today that really I had a choice of 78 with my strat because I wasn't engaging with quests. Yeah, yeah. So I would have had to have found every single one. And I just couldn't do it.
1: I have a feeling that you may have found more shrines if you would have engaged in some of the quests. Some are slightly Absolutely lengthy, but some are fairly short and quite easy to complete as well. I guess the difficulty there is... Certain shrines are quite difficult in the sense that you would have needed to progress the story to have gotten a certain ability that then you know enables you to do the puzzle. Other ones are very much just kind of do this quick challenge around the shrine and then you get it sort of thing. I think one of them just pretty much involves you not stepping on some flowers and following a little maze. Oh yeah, i have done that one before,
0: so that one was already in my bank before I'd even started the challenge. But no, and you know I found a few of them. So there was one where you find like a lady hugging a ball. And she's named it like Roscoe or something. That's, yes, yeah. And you have to go take three pictures of three ancient things. It's like I'm not f***ing doing that. I haven't no. got time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's another one that I found where it's um, there's a broken slab that's been broken from an earthquake, and mate, he's like, oh, can you go find three pieces of it so I can try and translate? It's like, mate, no, I've not, I've not <laughs> got the time. I can't do this.
1: Yeah, it, and, and and some of them, it's not quite as straightforward as to whether it's going to be a quick thing you know whether those free slabs are just going to be around the corner or whether you're actually exactly. going to have to search the map for them sort of thing
0: and there was one that i found um that i didn't actually end up doing and so i don't really know if it actually is a shrine but i'm pretty sure it is I climbed up a really tall snowy mountain and there's a dragon that's been cursed and it has like eyeballs all over it.
1: Oh yes, yep, yep, yep. And
0: you have to shoot, I think it's four eyeballs and you have to shoot the eyeballs. I got two eyeballs maybe, but then I was like, I've got like two arrows, I can't do this. And also it's up in the cold, I had nothing to protect myself. I was like, right, f*** this, I'm resetting and I'm just gonna leave. I can't do it.
1: Yeah, there's quite a few environments in the game that require you to sort of maintain a steady supply of consumables and engage with a potion yeah. crafting system and Okay. Yeah, I suppose considering all of that, that would have definitely hampered progress. The fact that you would have to either know where to get the things, or you would have to sort of spend some time grinding to actually be able to, you know, know, the, get the ingredients to make the potions.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's one of them ones. Had it not been my first playthrough, it possibly would have been a little bit more easy, because I would know recipes, I'd know things like that, I'd know yeah. what to expect a bit more. And again, some of it's my own strategy in hindsight, like, because now that I know that the forty-two of them were head my quests. I would have done that. I would have done right. Okay, I can bosh out. I can bosh out twenty quests, like in a couple of days, probably, and then I could have spent two days doing what i did do i mean i still i still don't think i would have gotten 77 if i'm honest with you but at least i would have been a bit closer but yeah man when i when i was like last night when i tallied everything up and i got to 47 i was like
1: (laughs) oh geez i'm in trouble 30 more 30
0: (laughs) more i realized like fairly early doors yesterday that this challenge wasn't going to be finished yeah yeah but i persevered i thought i'm not just going to give up i will try and do my best i'll try and get the highest number i possibly can but yeah, abject failure, mate.
1: <laughs> oh, well, don't be too hard on yourself, man. Uh, you know, I, I feel that perhaps I was a little bit optimistic in terms of how you were going to get on with this challenge. I'm sure that 47 shrines is a very respectable number of shrines if that was the amount of shrines that you were able to achieve within the week.
0: Well, it would have been slightly less because I think it was 14 I had before right. I started. So so what's that? I got 33 shrines.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, 33 new shrines.
1: Nice. Well, you know, I think that that was, you know, absolutely a good effort, man. I'm just uh, sorry that you, you know, I, I feel bad for you that uh, that you came so short on this challenge. I can imagine that that was quite demotivating. So, uh, yeah, I hope you're not <laughs> on to give me a revenge challenge this time.
0: <laughs> well, interesting you say that. Fate is going to decide what your challenge is, my friend.
1: Really? Okay, so yes. for this spooky first of our Halloween specials, we're actually going to leave this one up to the uh, the spirits on the other side, potentially.
0: Well, so my inspiration for this is actually, I don't know if you ever read the Goosebumps books when you were younger? Absolutely,
1: R.L. Stein. Shout out, R.L. Stein
0: yeah big up man big up
1: also the animator who did the uh, the original illustrations for the books as well that was one of the things that always made those books stand out from the shelves it was just so gripping, yeah, so
0: good but no so yeah massive shout out to goosebumps they were great when i was a kid but it, it, as i said they kind of inspired this challenge because one of my favorite ones and i say it's one of my favorites i can't remember the name of it but it's one where you you in a lab and like um humans are getting turned into monkeys right Huh. Yeah. right, yeah, really no, I, cool.
1: never read that one, I don't think.
0: But it's one of those books where um, it gives you a choice at the bottom.
1: Oh, I love those, Choose Your Own turn Ending. Turn to
0: page four, yeah, Choose Your Own so choose your own adventure book. So turn to page four if you want to go into this room, or or turn to page 17 if you want to f*** off.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love those. And it's kind
0: of, it's slightly inspired by that. So what I want you to do is I want you to pick a number between one and four.
1: Ooh, I like this, okay. I am going to go with... Number two. Wait, number no two? four. No wait, no three. No wait. Okay. Wait. Nope. Final answer two. Number two. Two. You sure? No wait, no You're three. Locked in. No. Uh, 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 you don't want to phone uh, a friend. Uh, uh, phone a friend for a number. <laughs> Mum. <laughs> I really, I need to know. Pick a number between one and four. Uh, I'm really stuck on this one. Okay, uh, okay, 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 okay. We're going. We're going two. Two. Final answer. Two. Final answer. Two. Final for real. Double final answer, two.
0: In which case, Will, your challenge for this week is... And I hope you like emulators.
1: I... Ah, yeah. (laughs) This is good. Okay, that's a good start. That's a good start.
0: You're going to be playing... A hardcore Nuzlocke of Pokemon Platinum using only ghost types.
1: Oh my
0: god.
1: (laughs) Pokemon Platinum... Hardcore Nuzlocke, so that's all Nuzlocke rules, right?
0: Right, so the rules that you're going to use for this are...
1: (laughs) For those not initiated into the world of Pokemon Nuzlocke challenges, oh, I can't (laughs) believe that I'm being set a Pokemon Nuzlocke challenge. Hey, you chose it. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, I you know. I think it. we did actually previously talk about that. As someone who has p- never fully completed any Pokemon title, potentially I'm being challenged to get one done in a week on a full Nuzlocke rule set. Anyway, sorry, James. I was, I was, uh, I was interrupting no, that's you. That's right. Please get that's on with the rules of the Nuzlocke, you son of a. F- bitch <laughs> hey you chose it alright I did I did ask for this I suppose there's yeah.
0: another three in there that you could have picked that are going to roll over to my next Halloween challenge okay <laughs> so your next one will be a pick a number between one and three that's nice. down to me nice I like it good. I like
1: it very good
0: just thought I'd spice it up a little bit yeah man so the rules of a Nuzlocke challenge are in this specific one as well because I've said it's only ghost type because Halloween right
1: good 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 I like it tying in with a the spooky theme
0: you're only allowed to use ghost types
1: Mm-hmm. ghastly where you were. Uh,
0: Well, and this is the thing, you will be using the universal Pokemon randomizer to change your starter to a ghost type, and you can pick whichever ghost type you want as your starter. That's up to you.
1: We're doing a bit of behind the scenes trinkering with the game here, are we? Changing starters and things like that, I like it, I like it. Well, because
0: I imagine you'll be emulating it on PC, right? So you're only allowed to use ghost types, and this is the bit that's probably the f***ed up bit, to be honest with you. You're only allowed to catch the first ghost type you find on any one route.
1: First ghost type on any one route, okay.
0: And you can't use any other types apart from for HMs if you need to. So, like, if a ghost type can't learn Surf and you need it, then you can use that.
1: So I can have, like, a, a HM Pokemon that's just dedicated for getting me around and doing the HM moves. Correct, but you can't use them in battle. Can't use them in battle. Yep, yep. Agreed, yep.
0: You're only allowed to go as high as the level cap of the next Gym Leader's Ace. I'll tell you what, because you're not that big into Pokemon and it is quite brutal... You can have plus ten levels on the gym leader's ace. Give you no not ten. Five.
1: No, no, no. Uh, okay, yes, fine. Plus five. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. plus ten spits of but too five
0: big. levels over, I think that gives you enough to play with that you can probably do all right.
1: It also reduces the chances of my shit just getting like one shot by a super effective move or some shit like that. I don't know.
0: And yeah, if your Pokemon faints in battle, it's considered dead and has to be boxed. And if you lose all of your Pokemon in a battle and white out, that is the end of the run. You have to start again.
1: God damn, okay, this is going to be a real challenge, man, I'm not going to lie, I'm actually nervous about this one. Probably equal parts nervous about whether I'll actually be able to do it, but also looking forward to playing a Pokemon title that I've never played before. Definitely not a huge fan of Pokemon, and not someone that's played a great deal of the titles previously. I'm going to feel like uh, Solid Snake with his list of team members on the codec calls, I'm going to be phoning up you... I'll be running up a couple other friends who are sort of Pokemon fans to kind of get some insight into what are the best ghost Pokemon to use and things like that. So although I won't be able to get any sort of actual help in game through multiplayer elements like with the Monster Hunter World Challenge, I'll definitely be resorting to getting some insider help and info on the most sort of viable playthrough great challenge man i'm looking forward to this one
0: you got very unlucky you actually genuinely picked probably the hardest one of the four
1: did i okay okay probably. well we'll start off strong then
0: yeah i think it was a nice little halloween theme bit spooky but i think it's gonna be it's definitely achievable but it's gonna be tough there's no no two ways about it
1: i like this one and uh just before we sort of close on the challenge i just wanted to doubly confirm what is the actual completion criteria for this is it defeating the final four or the final five or that sort of thing or beat the elite four beat the elite four okay so there will be a bunch of story
0: in the middle that unfortunately you have to do but it's eight gyms and the the elite four and the champion that that's it
1: then the game's done awesome challenge man i'm really really happy with this one
0: (laughs) you fucking look it (laughs) 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 so there we go um we shall see how you get on with that i i really hope you enjoy it i really do because obviously pokemon's a franchise very dear to my heart and there is a part of me that feels a little bit bad that for a first playthrough of a game you're sort of doing a brutal challenge, but like I say, you picked it.
1: <laughs> no, we're hitting this one hard. We're going straight in, full pressure, nuzlog run through of this. I'm down for it. I'm ready. And I'm looking forward to telling you that I beat it next week.
0: <laughs> and when you do, you'll have that th- you'll have your nose in front. because of my abject fate. like my abject fate let's be perfectly clear about this. <laughs> I fucking was disgracefully far away from completing the challenge.
1: (laughs) Whether that's down to the fact that it was uh, an impossible challenge or due to sort of skill, (laughs) that sort of thing is kind of yet to be decided.
0: (laughs) We'll see. It could be a combination of the two. Who knows? But either way, the fact is the fact. Two all still.
1: Two all still. But
0: you've now got home court advantage in the sense that if you win this, you're then ahead.
1: Nice one. Yeah. Which I intend to do.
0: Yeah, I won. And I think that if you do your research, I think you could do it.
1: We can't stay at 2-2 forever, James.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, guess the end of the year. Still too old. Still
1: too old. <laughs> we just failed everything since. Since goddamn October. Since we we'll beat Iceborne, <laughs> we haven't
0: fucking done anything. But no, so there you go. Challenge set. I look forward to hearing how you get on, man. Thanks, buddy. And then your roulette wheel continues in a couple of weeks' time when it's your challenge again. Oh, dear me. But no, so with that, we come to the end of the challenge section and most likely the end of the podcast. So... Have we learnt anything this week? I learnt that if you try and bum-rush Breath of the Wild, it's not that fun.
1: (laughs) I've learned this week that Jack Black makes an absolutely awesome Bowser, and Chris Pratt, well, I mean, this wasn't perhaps so much learned as assumed and then confirmed... Makes a slightly questionable, Mario, uh, but, you know, that is to be decided. Let's uh, let's give it a fair chance. I'll certainly be watching the movie at some point.
0: Absolutely, I'll definitely be watching that movie.
1: The other thing I learned this week was that the PlayStation 5 ambitions for the future year seems to be entirely based on remasters and remakes.
0: Yeah, so we look forward to The Last of Us Part 2 remake next year.
1: Remake Station 5.
0: So with that, we come to the end of Episode 8. It's been a roller coaster of emotion. Halloween is here. Spooky times, baby.
1: Tricks, treats, everything in between.
0: Exactly. Hopefully more treats than tricks, but everyone loves a good trick, (laughs) right? So if you enjoyed this and uh, you'd like to hear more uh, you can find the podcast uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can find podcasts really you'll likely find us just by searching Total Pod Mode and we also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights as well as the podcast itself on our YouTube channel Total Pod Mode.
1: You can also find us on Twitter by searching for at Total Pod Mode and whilst you're there you can find me at MrBames and I'm
0: also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash MrBames underscore TPM
1: and you can also find me at Whodafunk on Twitter And I'm on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash hoodafunk.
0: And with that, let's go start fucking carving some pumpkins and shit. Let's make this place
1: scary. Damn straight. I'm going to be cutting holes in white sheets, skinning some grapes. Cutting up some pumpkins.
0: Bobbing for some apples, baby. (laughs) And to all our listeners, thank you for being here. We really appreciate your ongoing support.
1: Absolutely. Uh, So every week, me and James are checking our analytics, and we like to see the sort of views as they come in. And it's absolutely amazing for both of us to see the globe slowly being lit up, from America to Spain to Norway, all the way in the UK. Uh, We're really pleased with the way that we're slowly growing. It really does mean the world to us if you could leave a five-star rating uh, or any sort of positive review. Let your friends know. Let your family know. Give your grandma a chat. Maybe she really wants to know about the fact that chestnut trees smell like cum. Spread the word, people. It really does make all the difference and we're really hoping to grow this podcast, develop it, and produce a whole load more content for you guys to enjoy.
0: Maybe don't tell your grandma about the cummy trees. But, <laughs> you know, we leave that decision to you. Until next time see you later
1: bye everyone happy halloween for october 31st we'll see you next week